1: If money affects your life in any way, Money Making Sense will talk about it. Be financially healthy, wealthy, and wise. Here's your host, Heather Kelly.
0: This episode was recorded before several states sued the White House over President Biden's student loan debt relief program. Right now, you cannot apply for student loan debt relief, but you'll want to listen to this entire episode as it contains some really good information about your loans, whether you want to apply for debt relief or not. And this is still making its way through the court system. The White House has appealed a judge's ruling on suspending the student debt relief, and so it could pick up again at any time if the ruling is overturned. You do want to check in at studentaid.gov from time to time to see if that will be unblocked. Welcome to Money Making Sense, the show that talks about all things money. Today, we're going to talk about student loan forgiveness. You've only got a month before, guess what? you got to start making payments again if your entire loan wasn't forgiven. Joining me today is Brian Walsh. He's with SoFi Bank, and you're a manager of financial planning. So, welcome to the show, Brian.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me.
0: I would like to make sure everyone knows. The student loan forgiveness, which had been going on through most of the pandemic, was extended until December 31st of this year. So if for whatever reason you're still unable to make your payments or your full payments, you're okay through December 31st, but only if you apply for the extension, correct?
1: Yeah. So what what came out, I guess, a little bit different a few weeks back when President Biden made his announcement was really kind of three parts. Part number one, which is what's getting all the attention, uh, is the actual forgiveness that's going to be happening for a majority of federal student loans where people are eligible for up to $10,000 of forgiveness if they did not receive a Pell Grant and up to $20,000 if they received a Pell Grant. And then assuming they're under $125,000 income if they're single, $250,000 if they're married. So that, that was the first part. The second part, to your point, was, okay, payments and interest have been suspended since March of 2020. We got one final extension through the end of the year. Then after that, we're paying again. And then the third part was a new income-driven repayment option that should be very helpful to people who might be struggling to make payments once those kick back in okay. tons, tons of news
0: there is tons of news so first of all let's start with the extension how do people apply because i would think if i'm a student and i applied or if i needed to apply back in march of 2020 to not have to repay my student loans i'm like hey i'm fine i i, I still don't have to pay until december 31st because it the program was extended i don't have to do anything
1: Correct. So for the suspension of payments uh, and interest that have been going on, you really you you don't have to worry about doing anything else through the end of the year. That's going to keep on happening. If you weren't making payments, you're you're not making payments Uh, for the actual forgiveness, where let's say it's the $10,000 or the $20,000 that would get forgiven. That's what you have to apply for uh, in order to get that balance forgiven. That's only going to be automatic for maybe, I think the estimate's like 8 million borrowers out of the 40 million or so. So most people are going to have to apply for the forgiveness.
0: Okay. But also, I do want to make the point, if you can afford to pay, you should have been paying all this time. Even though you didn't have to, you should still just be doing it. Because once January 1st of 2023 rolls around, you're going to have to be paying
1: yeah, yeah, that's, that's a good point because I think it's natural for if you go two and a half years, almost three years without paying something, you kind of forget about it, especially because the holidays are coming up. So yeah, if you can afford to either make the payments on the loans or even just make pretend payments where you move money from your checking account to a savings account uh, to get your budget used to making those payments again it is something that'll be extremely helpful.
0: So let's talk about this interest, that, that whole new program that's coming out for January 1st, where it, the payments and the interest will be a little bit different than they were in the past.
1: Yeah. So the it was the, the third part of the announcement by President Biden. And uh, as a financial planning nerd, to me, this is probably one of the most impactful parts of the announcement. But for like the general public, it didn't get as much attention. So Uh, Essentially, what he did is he announced a new income driven repayment program. So with an income driven repayment program, essentially your payments are capped to a certain percentage of your income. So for people who may be, you know, financially challenged and things like that, that can be extremely powerful. Um, So what's different about this new option, because we already have four income driven repayment options, is For undergraduate loans, payments are capped to 5% of discretionary income. Graduate loans is 10% of discretionary income. And those caps are much lower than what's in place right now. And on top of that, if it's not enough to cover the interest on your loan, the government will subsidize that interest. So for people who are exploring this as an option, uh, from everything we've seen, it seems to be uh, superior to the other income-driven repayment options that have been out there.
0: Okay, so now I understand that it's based on your income level as to the the cap on there. That's the same for the interest as well? Or is that for anybody who can't afford to pay the interest? Then the government will subsidize it.
1: It would only be for this income-driven repayment program. Uh, so if you enroll in the, let's call it the new income-driven repayment plan, um, and you 're making a payment based on a percentage of your discretionary income and let 's say that 's not even enough to cover the interest on on your loan because you owe i don 't know two hundred thousand dollars and your income is seventy thousand then instead of your loan balance growing like it does with the existing programs mm-hmm. that won 't happen because if there 's a difference, the government will will offset. Uh, and subsidize that interest amount.
0: Yeah, and just so people understand, it's similar to a a credit card. Um, The interest rates won't be as high, hopefully, as a credit card. But one of the studies I just recently read was if you are holding $10,000 in debt and all you do is make the minimum payment on that $10,000, it will take you 17 years to pay off a $10,000 loan. Because interest is being added every single month, and all you're basically doing is is paying off the interest and a dollar or two of the actual loan that you took out, that $10,000. So the same would apply, like you said, if it's a $200,000 student loan that you owe money on. Yeah, I can see where if you aren't making enough money to cover the interest, let alone try to knock down some of the actual principal, yeah, you'll just be paying off of that till you're dead.
1: Yeah. And that's that's the thing too. I, you bring up a great point where a lot of times it's a balancing act between how much you want to pay right now or how much, quite frankly, you can afford to pay right now, and then how much you're going to pay over the life of the loan, whether it be student loans, credit cards, you name it. Uh, and it really is trying to figure out how do we make that, that kind of trade-off and decision because with the new income driven repayment program, you would be making payments for, let's say, 20 years before that balance is forgiven so that 20 years could add up to a lot of money even though the the monthly payments may be you know more manageable right now.
0: We do need to take a break when we come back we'll go more into the student forgiveness how much time people have to apply if they haven't. And also, I do want to know, do you have to reapply, like do a different loan on this income-driven repayment plan? So we'll be right back with Brian Walsh. He's the manager of financial planning at SoFi Bank. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night.
2: Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do
0: Welcome back to Money Making Sense, the show that if it affects your life in any way money-wise, we're talking about it. Today, we're talking about student loans and the new forgiveness program that President Biden announced. Joining me is Brian Walsh. He is with SoFi Bank, and you're a manager of financial planning. Brian, we talked a bit about the the new income-driven repayment program in that first segment, but do I have to reapply? I mean, my, I've had my loans in place for four years now, and it's been nice to not have to worry about that payment for a couple of years. But do I have to reapply so I'm on this new program or does it automatically happen?
1: Yeah, if you, if you do want to take part in the new income driven repayment option, uh, you would need to work with your loan servicer and opt into, into that option. And then it'll be similar to existing income driven repayment plans where uh, you will have to provide updated information for your income and stuff like that every year because that that's kind of what everything's based on. So, there'll be a little bit of ongoing maintenance.
0: Is it like refinancing because if when I took out the loan, I got a really good deal, it was only about 5% for my student loan. Well, you know, the loans now interest rates have risen. So if I have to refinance under this new program, my interest rate's going to go up, which is going to increase my payment.
1: Yeah, so it you wouldn't have to worry about refinancing. I guess the best way to think about it would be you're just providing every year, you're going to provide updated information on how much you're making in your family size. So that way they can know that your payment amount, since it's based on that, is the right amount. Nothing else is really going to change from year to year like with, with let's say, if you refinance the loan.
0: And I can just do this through my loan provider that I have. I don't have to go to some special place to do it.
1: Correct. You would uh, work with your loan servicer. And, and that's another thing we, we're encouraging our, our members to make sure they know who their loan servicer is, because it's it's been a couple of years since people have made payments um, and loan servicers have changed. So you'd work with that servicer uh, to update anything.
0: Yeah. Loans get bought and sold all the time between banks. Yeah. you You need to find the last piece of paper you got <laughs> from the bank or online, and figure out where you are, yeah, that's important
1: exactly and I, but they, I think the thing that makes this a little bit more complicated for some people we work with is uh there has been people who got companies who got out of loan servicing over the course of the pandemic, just for financial reasons, so there's i the last estimate I saw like eight or ten million people that have a new servicer just because their old servicer doesn't do it anymore. So there there has been a fair amount of shuffling in this area.
0: Okay. I do want to go back to, you said there were three steps to the plan that President Biden put out about loan forgiveness. And the first one is that forgiveness. It's up to $10,000. But if I'm holding $20,000 in debt, can I just count on half of it is going to be wiped out? Or how do they determine that up to $10,000?
1: Yeah. So uh, the probably the best way to, to, as we go through and thinking about it, is step number one is looking at, did I receive a Pell Grant uh, when I went to college? Yes or no? And if the answer is no, then the maximum you'd be eligible for is 10 grand. If the answer is yes, the maximum would be 20 grand. And then the next question is, okay, in 2020, or 2021 was my income under the threshold of either 125 for single or 250 for married, And if it is, then it would go by, okay, you would get 10 grand as long as you have 10 grand worth of loans, or you would get 20 grand as long as you have 20 grand worth of loans. So that's really how the, the eligibility is being determined.
0: Why does somebody who got a Pell grant, which is basically free money, get more of their loan forgiven?
1: Yeah, so that's that's a fair question. I, I see both sides of it because the the argument behind it was the idea that years ago a Pell Grant ate up a more substantial portion of the cost of education, but as costs inflated over the years, the Pell Grant didn't keep up with that. Therefore, they should have gotten more help back in the day. And then the other side of the argument is okay, this is their financial situation when they were in college has nothing to do with her now. I get both sides of it. So it just kind of, it is what it is. Um, And we're working with saying, okay, here's what you're eligible for. Let's make sure we take advantage of what we can get.
0: Okay. Government. got to love them. Okay. (laughs) So I understand that part. And then the second part, I just want to clarify is the actual extension. I know we, we brushed over it right at the beginning of our talk, but Again, whom do I go to to file for an extension on not having to pay through the end of the year? Or do I have to?
1: You don't You don't have to do anything. Um, it'll just kind of keep on going like it has been uh, with the other times it, it's been extended. So I would say for people right now, you don't have to do anything to get the extension through the end of the year. But you should start thinking through what are my next steps uh, related to forgiveness and In a perfect world, all your student loans are taken care of after the forgiveness. If not, what are you going to do with the remaining amount of your student loans as far as your payments? Do you refinance it? Things like that, kind of figuring out your plan.
0: Is there anything else you think the listeners need to know about about student loan forgiveness and kind of where we sit right now with this new plan coming out from the White House?
1: Yeah, I think it's the application, the online application. I would get on that sooner rather than later because it'll take some time to process. And you do have to fill out that application. Some people may not have to because the government has their information. We're just encouraging people not to rely on that and just fill out the application for forgiveness when it comes out.
0: Okay. Can people fill out the application with SoFi Bank or that has to be with their own lender that they have, their servicer?
1: So the the application itself, itself would be going to studentaid.gov. Um, so the online application will happen through the federal government. And then once that application kind of goes through and it gets processed, then they'll kind of hand the baton off like in a relay race to their loan servicer and their loan servicer will be in touch. But Borrowers just need to know okay, I need to go online, I need to fill out the application with the government, then I'm going to hear from my loan servicer.
0: Okay, so we're applying to try to get up to $10,000 of my loan forgiven, but we don't have to apply for an extension of not paying our loan through the end of this year. Exactly. All right. Well, thank you so much, Brian Walsh. Again, you are the manager of financial planning at SoFi Bank. And if people want more information, SoFi Bank has a lot of good learning opportunities for anybody also trying to learn about financial planning to incorporate their student loans or any other type of loans that are happening right now.
1: Exactly. There are tons of great free resources. Uh, You could schedule a call with someone on my team uh, we offer complimentary access to financial planners and, uh, and you can go there for more information.
0: Thank you so much.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: Thanks for listening. You can email me with any questions or topics you want to hear about at hkelly at ksl.com. That's h-k-e-l-l-y at ksl.com. And because this is Money Making Sense, you can subscribe for free on Spotify, Overcast, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast, and you'll never miss another episode.
1: Thanks for being a Money Making Sense listener. Follow your common sense on the social media, Money Making Sense, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.
2: I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home.